Welcome to No Cartridge Audio. My name is Trevor Strunk, Hinklebun on Twitter, and I have with me a return guest. Um, you may have heard uh, Scar on the podcast we did on, um, uh, why am I forgetting the name of that game? Uh, I have it installed still. I can find out what it's called. Uh, <laughs> maybe you can help me. Other <laughs> side. Yeah, other side. Thank you. I was funny because uh, a friend of mine was is like listening through the, the back catalog and was like, wanted, wanted to ask me about other side. Um, and, and was like, yeah, is, is this kind of what the game's like? And I, I, their autocorrect changed other side to otherwise. And they were like, yeah, this otherwise game looks pretty interesting. And I was like, huh, I haven't heard any game called otherwise. And I looked it up <laughs> and there was nothing. And I was like, boy, this is like, this is like a deep, like deep cut game. Like, I don't know. I don't know what this is. Um, oh, yeah, that's like a 2009 game jolt only game. <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, but yeah, I like I I, um, I I had you last on to talk about other side, which uh, is still a game I think about sometimes. Actually, it's a uh, I would say like one of the games that I think is most sort of aesthetically interesting that I've uh, I've encountered in the last uh, couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, today we're not here to talk about other side, although we could, I guess. Um, <laughs> Today we're here to talk about uh, sort of your take on a prompt that I opened up a while ago and haven't followed through on as much as I'd like, but hope to in the future. Um, the question of like, why games? Why why bother with games? Uh, we were talking a lot about you know self uh, introspection and thinking about why we do certain things um, off mic, uh, and I think you know that's that's essentially at the core of the question here. Like, why why bother with this genre when there's like you know, so much that that is ostensibly wrong with it, right? Like the fact that the big video game news of the day was about McCree uh, being renamed because the person who he was apparently named after in Overwatch is uh, like a the nightmare person. Yeah. Um, so why <laughs> why do it? But first, before we get to that, how are you? How have you been? Um. Well, I you know I have been doing the job search thing, which is always like hell um, every time I've done it, which fortunately hasn't been too many times in my life. And if I'm lucky, maybe this will be the last because, um, you know, I'm starting to try and make income through like things that aren't selling my soul to capital. Oh, great. Um, But in the meantime, um, I've also recently played one game that really encapsulates like everything I hate about video games as they are right now. And then a couple games that I think are like great examples of like why video games. Um, okay. so that was why I damned you. And I was like, Hey, remember that prompt you mentioned? Like right at the start of the year. Um, why don't we talk about that? <laughs> yeah. I would love to start talking more about that actually. So I very much appreciate you reminding me of that prompt. Uh, this has been a complicated year, I think, for a lot of people. Uh, not, mm-hmm. I say complicated because like it's not, it's not really the same sort of like problem year as 2020 was. Like you can't just point to it and say like, well, you know, that was the pandemic year. It's sort of like, it's somehow different and better and worse. I, I don't know. I don't know really how to explain how the year has been. But confusing is definitely one of those ways. And in in the in the mix, I'd forgotten about that prompt, which I very much am interested in hearing um, some thoughts on, uh, particularly this moment, yours. So um, I'm I, I, I'm looking forward to you uh, just like just ripping apart uh, the. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of like a, a game that everyone loved uh, that you could rip apart that you actually <laughs> won't be doing. Um, 
uh, Hades. Uh, just how you hate that game. Um, I know for a fact that you're not a uh, uh, and you are a fan. You are a player at least of Hades. Maybe it, it could be that you don't like it. We all play games a lot that we don't like. Um, Piss famously. Very relevant criticisms of Hades that um, I haven't heard a lot of people talk about, but um, I still think Hades on the whole is is a game that I like. So I don't know how much I'll I'll rip into it on the. No, no, I was I was just trying to think of a game people would be mad about you ripping into, Um, uh, sort of like the uh, the the like the the hot take thing, but actually much more interesting to hear uh, salient commentary than hot takes. so yeah, uh, do you want to start? Do you want to start with the games that you found to like? You found like helpful to answer um, the question of why games, or would you rather start with the ones that disappointed you? Whatever works best for your um, thesis. I think actually the most interesting place to start, and I'm curious if if this is um, so about ten to fifteen years ago. When I was, if I was asked the same question, um, like the approach I would have taken was that um, games are awesome because they can like tell these like really good stories and they can kind of like put you, you know, into the story in certain ways. And like, basically I was like the, the, the Final Fantasy Metal Gear fan, like completely. And certainly I still like when games do that. But in the, like, years since then, you know, I've played a much wider range of games. I've read, like, game studies books. I've, like, talked to people who experience games through, like, other, you know, lenses. And I realized that, like, simultaneously, like, the question is so much more complicated than that, but also is, like, so much more interesting. Mm. Um yeah, so, um, whereas before, um, the that lens that I had as a teenager would never have been able to answer a question of, like, well, um, why is, I mean, even, like, something like Bloodborne, um, to a certain extent, like, you know, Bloodborne has a lot of cool stuff going on, and almost none of it is told in, like, a traditional, like, almost Hollywood storytelling sense. Yeah, no, for sure. I think like a lot of the a lot of the stuff in Bloodborne is stuff that is um, harder to put one's finger on as to why it's like interesting from a storytelling perspective. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, no, and I, I also think like just to just to, to to cut in, like I think I think your point about like shifting from a sort of narrative space for games to this more like uh, sort of like a wider um, approach, which is to say like. It's not as if you get rid of narrative, but like, and I, I know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to a, a, this I do know about you that you love uh, the the genre of visual novels, uh, which are, in many <laughs> ways, pure narrative. Um, in many ways, I think more interesting ways, not pure narrative, but you know, that's something you can get into or not. But the, um, uh, yeah, I think like. Um, I think like it's it. I don't know. Like it's interesting to think about like how limited our focus be, becomes if we just focus on narrative games that resemble something like Metal Gear made us feel or Final Fantasy made us feel. Because you end up with you end up with um, I don't know. You end up with like uh, Last of Us Two uh, tunnel vision, um, which is a yeah. which is a problem. <laughs> 
And then also, like, you know, 15 years ago, I would never know. I, I would tell you that I liked a game like um, Guilty Gear. And then I would never be able to tell you with the the model I had for why games were good, why I liked Guilty Gear because Guilty Gear is, it has narrative, but it's it's relatively light, and it's certainly not like the main reason you engage with a thing like with the, no. like Guilty Gear. Well, yeah, I mean, look, look, like as much as it is a, as much as like it's a Metal Gear trope to name uh, enemies things like Soul Bad Guy, like that that is very. <laughs> There's a very Metal Gear element to that. I feel like the lightness with which Soul Bad Guy is t- is treated in the Guilty Gear uh, verse uh, is is sort of like ca- contra uh, uh, Metal Gear in a lot of ways. Certainly contra Final Fantasy. It is not a. Uh, there's not a lot that's overwrought about uh, Guilty Gear, despite there being some pretty heavy stakes. Uh, if you look into the if you look into the uh, the um, the various sort of like I don't know lore at any given point yeah um i mean my favorite character from guilty care is, is dizzy and she has all kinds of weird story stuff going on between all the games but like the reason i like guilty gear and the reason i like dizzy isn't because of that story it's because you know i like playing kind of a zoning character in a fighting game and hanging out with my friends and the, the stories right. that matter there really aren't the stories of like what happened in Guilty Gear universe, but like, you know, that really cool fight my friend and I had where, where everyone was cheering or like, you know, like uh, what happened at, at Evo this year, even like, you know, like that's, yeah. that's what people are mostly into fighting games for those narratives. And yeah. And I feel like there's like, there's something about, about smash that, that like people are very willing to accept that in smash in ways that they aren't willing to accept in, I, I mean, like, I think the, the ultimate version of this is something like Mortal Kombat, where, like, people really, for whatever reason, care deeply if the story of Mortal Kombat is, like, legible or not. Not that, like, I don't even think, like, care deeply in this sense means, like, they want it even to be legible. I think, like, it just matters on a certain level if it is. Um, whereas mm-hmm. with, like, something like Smash, it doesn't matter at all like you know you you sort of acknowledge the fact that it makes no sense that like all these characters are kind of together in one place um and that in fact like it's just the combat itself that's the that's the story being told yeah um so like one of the books that i read within the past few years that i think really helped me like kind of like square that circle was um surrealism at play and i would have to look Mm. up the author of that if i was going to i probably should have done that while you were talking (laughs) don't worry i'll talk again i promise um let's see surrealism at play i will look that up susan Um, laxton there we go so that uh, uh that is a book about um sort of the the surrealist art movements that took place like in the early mid 20th century. Okay. And it looks at that as like both an art movement, but also like a form of, of play. Mm. And, um, it doesn't like directly correlate to the idea that like, you know, fighting games create their own narratives outside of the game that are also important, but that, that, that really like changed my view on like a lot of like how I look at like play as a thing. Because, like, even though, 
you know, even like something like Peggle, which is like sort of like the the or example of like the game that I don't personally derive like any value from whatsoever. Like, you know, if there's like someone out there who really enjoys playing Peggle and they have like a story about this like amazing, you know, this time they had like an amazing like 20 rebounds and it like cleared the whole board, you know, that's still like a relevant thing. Like, you know, narrative is something that can exist bounded within the boundaries of play, but it can also be something that is created by engaging with those boundaries of play. Mm. And those are both like important, basically. That's an interesting <laughs> way to put it because I think like one of the, one of the temptations and it's a temptation that I have as, t as well is to um, make this uh, sort of like make this dyad between um, okay, we're either we're either doing a thing where we um, where we say narratives exist within the structure, or narratives only exist as like reflections of the player. And what you're kind of arguing, and I think you I think you're right ultimately, and it, it's like a it's an elision that I think too many of us make, is that. Um, it's actually both, right? Like the fact that the fact that like a, a narrative can exist within our experience of playing Guilty Gear that's more important, right, than the narrative that's within Guilty Gear itself does not necessarily mean that there isn't like a narrative there or like more importantly, like that people can't care about both. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's important. And I think like on, on a certain level, um, it's very easy to get too caught up with um you know one or the other to say like well look like it's either it's either going to be i have uh the ability to make this narrative myself or uh no no one can understand a narrative because it's perfectly an individualist perspective that um you know you can never you can never actually see inside and I, your position there sort of nicely acknowledges both while, while, you know, not really acceding to either. And I, I, I like that. That's, that's actually quite interesting. And I think something that is not typically discussed in video games. Yeah. All right. So now to get a little spicy, Ooh. the game that I played, I think a lot, of, I don't know if necessarily a lot of listeners to your podcast, like, although it's entirely possible, but definitely that like, the wider gaming public generally received well that really made me question while I was playing it like why am I playing this at all was the Outer Worlds okay not the Outer Wilds because that's the good one yeah I was gonna <laughs> say if it was the Outer Wilds I would have I would have been blown away and 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 a little sad but uh yeah the Outer Worlds is um yeah go ahead go ahead I I I think there's a lot to a lot to say about the Outer Worlds, and I don't necessarily know if a lot of people have said it on this podcast. So I'm I'm interested in what you have to say. Yeah, so um, the Outer Worlds is... I called it Cardboard Serial when I was tweeting about it. Um, it's kind of just like... It, it feels like it... To some degree, it's living in the shadow of, like, Fallout New Vegas, right? Because everybody loves that game. Right, and yes, of course. They, they just wanted to do their best to make that game again. Um, but I think, like... And I'm pretty sure, like, a lot of the same people that were involved in Fallout New Vegas are still involved there. So I don't know if they don't remember how they made Fallout New Vegas um, or what. It's but, an odd uh, thing. Like, I, I've... I've 
I've talked to people on on the game, and it sounds like it sounds like it's a it's a mix. Like some of the team is involved, some isn't. It's not it's not particularly a one to one kind of thing. Um, so it, it which I mean, in and of itself is is kind of a way that you end up finding a uh, I don't know. It, it's it's a way to make things difficult um, uh, in trying to make a spiritual successor to something. If like the entire team, such as it was at that moment in time, is not there. Um, which the impossibility of that kind of points to the fact that it's very difficult to ever make a spiritual successor to anything. Maybe, uh, maybe a, a, a Herculean or a quixotic task. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a specific room that I think of every time I think of the outer, uh, the outer worlds now. And that is, um, I'll keep the spoilers vague just in case anyone cares. But so like toward the end of the main um the main plot um before that you do either the dlcs there's a room that has 150 which is the maximum lock pick requirement and it's like two rooms over from like one of the main villains or the main i guess if you're on the other path they become like one of your main allies but you know um one of the the, the most important people in the game regardless of which path you take um so here i'm thinking like oh this room must have something really good in it so i finally get my lock picking to 150 and i open it and it has 10 consumables um which i'm never really using consumables anyway and 450 bits which by that point in the game i had more money than i knew what to do with anyway sure and I just, I compare, like, the experience of, like, what what skill checks in the Outer Worlds do to, like, what skill checks in Fallout New Vegas do, where, like, you know, there are entirely unique paths through, through like, so many quests that you can only get, like, if you have a certain perk or, like, a certain, um, you know, a certain skill check over a certain level. Like, my favorite example always being, like, if you have the cannibalism perk and you there's there's a there's a quest line involving like a dude who's a cannibal, you get an entirely different way to solve that quest if you have that perk. Right. Okay. Yeah, definitely. And I mean this is like this is like the the also the the kind of benefit of the um the uh, what is that called? The the perk that makes the game weird. Um in New Vegas. Right, like uh, I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, but <laughs> you, I mean, you know, you know what I'm talking about, though. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's that, it's that perk that like literally changes the game around so that it is like you have to approach it from a different way, right? Like it, it is, it's a matter of approach. It's not a matter of just like, um, if I'm if I'm hearing you right, sort of like, uh, brute force, like just like numbers go up, kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, oh, I think it looks like it's called Wild Wasteland, maybe. Yeah, yeah, Wild Wasteland. Yes, 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 that's right. Um, which is one of the cooler ways of, like, kind of making a game, like, adding the stranger things you want in a game. I, I still I still admire that a lot. It was a really interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just, it, like, The Outer Worlds had a decent amount of content. I think I played it for, like, 35 hours for some reason because I was, I was determined to beat it. Um, and... It certainly had, like, worlds and characters and side quests and main plot lines and, like, all of the things that 
you need to check off to have created a game. But like, it just felt like, you know, like I said, like cardboard cereal, like it, it was there and you could consume it and it would take you a little while and it might fill you up afterward. But like, there was no flavor whatsoever. Mm, and mm-hmm. to some degree, I feel like that's endemic of like the entire open world genre as it's evolved, like within the past 10 years, like everything post Skyrim, really. No, and I, I agree with you. I like that's the way you were describing it just reminded me of the way I think about um, uh, like Ubisoft games. Like when people mm-hmm. describe, um, I mean, it's like when I played uh, Far Cry 5, I, which I didn't finish. Um, and I mean, I got a that was like one of the very few games I ever got a review copy for. And I mean, I played a lot of it, um, but I didn't finish it. And I don't feel like I missed out on much, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I, I played enough to be able to give like a thought about it, but overall, like, I'm not sure it, it something like something like new Vegas or something like, um, I mean, something like, so like another, a game that I played recently um, in the, in the, like the a different genre than, the Ubisoft game, like uh, something like uh, the Silver Case, like those games matter if you finish them. Like there's there's like a different approach you can get if you finish them. Um, not to say that the only review or only thought you can give on it is if you do, but you know, like something will open to you if you finish those games. Whereas in like Far Cry Five or an Assassin's Creed game is the other one. Like uh, that to me seems like you know that's the one that those are the ones that like you can play them and definitely get something out of them. If you enjoy them, mm-hmm. it's not as if, um, you know, it's going to necessarily be different if you finish it. It's just going to be more complete. Yeah. Um, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Like, um, I'm trying to think of a different example, but, um, failing to, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, I mean, you already brought up the example, <laughs> like the outer worlds, right? Um, oh, yeah, I was trying to think like, of like a positive example, like an example oh. of a game that like your relationship to a chain. I mean, I guess the easy thing to go for, which you've talked about plenty around here, is uh, Nier Automata. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think Nier is a, is a wonderful example of that in that like that is an open world game um, in some ways. Uh, but in fact, like uses that in such a way that you, I don't know. I mean, you could you should explain why you think so. But I think like. For me, it's just that it uses the fact that it's an open world game to build its world out, out as opposed to like just leaving it at that. Oh uh, yeah, like I mean, in terms of just the world structure of Nier Automata and the way you engage with the world, I think it's a lot better than most open world games. Where like yeah, um, and I think there are also games that do this even better than than um, than Nier does. But just in general, like I think a lot of games, especially like post PS the start of like the PS3 360 era um there's kind of like um an anxiety around having enough content in the game yeah it's very maximalist like more Re- yeah. is more kind of approach like regardless of what that content is and there are there are exceptions like i think dead space 1 is actually like a great example of what i wish more games did with spaces where like um i think it's called the ishimura the, the ship you're on Yes. Um, is like, it is a, a finite space. <clears throat> it's very well defined. You come to learn it over the course of the game. And like the ways in which those spaces are connected matter, both like thematically and to like the way you engage with the space. 
And like, I think games just in general, like there are standout exceptions of games that do like an excellent job with, with the way they use spaces. But that's something that like, I feel like games writ large do not care about. And I think that it's something that like games should care more about because like, that's one of the things that keep makes games separate from like film or, or novels where like there's a, there's an, a space that exists and your relationship to it as a player is like one of the things that you have like in, in the medium, like, and totally so yeah. many games just like have like just lots and lots and lots of space and like none of it matters and none of it's recognizable. Like the best part of Dead Space 2 is when you go back to, to the Ishimura because you, you know it like the back of your hand from Dead Space 1 and you can recognize like, well, here's what's the same about this space and here's what's different. And what's different feels bad and weird because it's like, you know, yeah, it's not what I remember. It's uh, Yeah, it's unfamiliar. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think like also like I'm thinking about games that that use space in these kinds of ways, but don't necessarily, you know, not not necessarily in the kind of way that um, produces. I'm trying to think of a good way to say this, like produces a a. Um, like a, an impressive sort of like graphical array, I guess is what I, what I want to say. Like mm-hmm. I'm thinking, I'm thinking here of, um, of the Shin Megami Tensei games, uh, particularly, I don't know why I didn't just say so. Um, <laughs> and cause I, I'm trying to be like, I'm trying to be too cute by half, but the, um, uh, you know, the Shin Megami Tensei games are like fascinated in representing about representing Tokyo and the representations of Tokyo. It's like, it's not, it's not as if like the representations of Tokyo in, uh, Shin Megami Tensei are particularly accurate. Um, you know, there are other versions of, of games that do this. Like, um, I think The World Ends With You is another super interesting uh, uh, version of this. Um, but, like, it isn't as if, it isn't as if, like, it isn't as if, like, a fuller version of Tokyo, like a fleshed out sort of, like, street by street account of it, um, of the whole city, would have made me feel like I was there more than like the the overworld map in uh smt3 and 4 right mm-hmm. like shinjuku and and like um uh, i'm trying to think of the other the other areas like the there's that tower um there is i'm just gonna i'm not gonna try and come up with you anymore but like i can i can like imagine those within shin megami tensei and they feel embodied and real to me um in mm-hmm. a way that you know um certainly I haven't played a lot of it, but like the very, very little I played of, um, Oh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to prove that I'm not just lying. Uh, because I don't remember what it was called. Um, that Tom Clancy, uh, MMO destiny clone where you're in like, uh, America after the collapse kind of thing. Uh, there were two of them. Um, yeah, I remember because I remember there was like, a big conversation after they revealed the second one, like a big drama, but I don't remember what they're called at all. Yeah. Oh, people are going to be really mad at me. Hold on. Let's see. We're going to look up Tom Clancy MMO and and it's just going to be, it's just going to be Final Fantasy 14. Um, (laughs) The Division? Yeah, The Division. Thank you. Yeah, like I played The Division and it's not like I feel like that game really speaks to the heart of what Washington, D.C. is like as a town, even though it's like, extraordinarily, you know, 
careful about representing DC and its streets and stuff. Same with, you know, Fallout 76 is a good example of this. I don't really care that it looks like West Virginia, like a particular town. It doesn't matter. Like, who cares? Uh, it, it isn't embodied. It doesn't really, like, it doesn't feel that way. I think feeling is, is what, I'm, what I'm trying to get at here. Yeah, I mean, like, um, I guess the word I would use is it, it doesn't matter so much if it's an abstraction of, like, whatever, like, the, a real space would be like, as long as um, your relationship to it uh, works in a certain way. Um, yeah. Like, one of the games that I that I really loved recently was um, Scarlet Nexus. Mm, yeah, I've, is, I've, I've been meaning to, to, play, to pick that up eventually. It, it looks like a game that I would really enjoy. I've heard only good things. Yeah, like, to a certain degree, it's, like, just, like, the most anime bullshit game, um, which is not a bad thing. Um, yeah, I was going to say, no shame. No shame there. That's good. <laughs> but, like, the way the spaces work is kind of, like, they're, like, you'll be given, like, for example, like, a city, and it'll kind of just be, like, one area or, like, two smaller connected areas to the one big area. And it's, like, this isn't, like, what a real city looks like, obviously. But, like, I feel connected to this city because, like, you know, like, I keep returning to it and, and mm. like, important things happen in, like, different parts of it over the course of the game. And, like, similarly, like, every, um, every like, kind of, I don't know what where to use, like, you know, like, kind of, like, dungeon-style area where it's, like, just kind of, like, an area you go through um, and you do some fights and maybe there's, like, a boss at the end. Um those areas you, you uh, similarly keep revisiting and like you know like different parts of them become important at like different story beats or like different side quests or you know mm. and like by the end of that game even though none of those spaces are like realistic in their scope or realistic in their layout because you know they're they're relatively like linear paths through them like I still feel more connection to those than I do to like any city or any planet in uh, the outer worlds where like, mm. I don't know, like even though the spaces are more, um, more kind of like fully realized in a certain way, like I just, I don't give a shit about them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't like giving a shit is like, is it, uh, that's like, it's, I, I feel as if, we can we can poo poo the idea of just like okay well I care specifically like personally about this or not as like a, a a valid way to understand like criticism of a game but like I think it matters like I think it matters if you actually like care about the characters in in any given game that you're playing because like that's a really good uh, and of course very sub very subjective like people might not care about characters in every game I think um, the 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 level of I haven't I haven't really played any since like Persona Two so I I don't have anything really like useful to say about this but I feel like the the level of difference between like how connected people feel to Persona characters and how on the other hand they just like could not care less about them and just like do not want to ever hear about Persona again like I feel like that's kind of the you know that shows there's like there's different attachments to be had but like even a negative feeling that has to do with like, I could not care less about these characters because they, they like repel me as opposed to, I don't care about these planets in, um, I don't care about these planets in, uh, outer worlds. Cause like they are extremely boring and I've already forgotten about them. That's, that's different. Like that's, that's a different problem. Yeah. Um, there are probably, I don't know if they're in your audience. Like I know these people exist. There are people that don't want to hear me say this, but like, 
the idea of the objective criticism is is completely bullshit. So I don't mm. I don't care. I'm going to allow my subjectivity to exist within my criticism because it's the only way that you can possibly, especially with something like video games, where like literally the video game doesn't exist until you play it, and mm-hmm. your experience with it is individual to to what happened when you personally played it. There's always going to be some degree of like reader response in that no matter what you know you try to avoid it now there's a term that i haven't thought about in a while but uh totally yeah like that it's true like i think like in literature i have a very allergic reaction to reader response uh, in part because i just don't i don't really appreciate the criticism that has been uh, performed with reader response but that's mm-hmm. that's more that's less on the uh, that's less the fault of the idea that uh, readers can influence the the work that they read, and more the fault of like Stanley Fish. Um, but like, <laughs> uh, sorry, Stanley. Um, but the um, like, I think I think the idea that in video games, right, like it's hard to argue that there is no such thing as reader response because, I mean, especially if we if we're sort of following along these lines and saying like, yeah, ultimately the thing that video games bring that other genres don't is like felt in this embodied sense or like in this sort of like personal investment that one has to, has to feel or not feel. Um, I don't know. That seems like, that seems like a, a, a very good defense of why like subjectivity has to be there in, in video game crit. Yeah. Um, I know there's probably like more legitimate, um, like movements or, or whatever term you want to use that that try to approach like video game criticism objectively, but like the people I always think of are like when I when I think about objective criticism are like like assholes on on YouTube who like sure disparage anyone whose whose um, review has any like personal elements to it. Well, I think also like there's there's something about video games that requires. Not requires, but sort of like seems on some level to demand, let's say, a um, a ranking of sorts or to say like, you know, this this is objectively better than that, as opposed to like this objectively says or does not say that. Like, I feel like most serious literary critics aren't super interested if like you think John Updike is good or bad, right? <laughs> like you can like or dislike John Updike. It doesn't matter. Um, just tell me what the book's about. Uh I don't think that exists for video games right now, right? Um, I think that's something that, like, for video games, you have to be like, well, is it better than X? Like, this is the sort of, like, the, the problem of, again, like, thinking about Final Fantasy fourteen because now I said it, so it's on my mind. Um, uh, you know, the question, like, is it better than World of Warcraft is, like, something that shows up a lot in, you know, its early sort of bad version or, or incomplete version or whatever. And then much later when... Um, much later when it's, uh, I don't know, like when it, when it seems to be eclipsing World of Warcraft, that's like a completely ridiculous question to have to answer, right? Like, why, why bother with the question at all of like, which is better? Um, I, I don't know why. I think I agree with you. Like, the, 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 the very question is sort of ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I can approach like, like, is Final Fantasy fourteen better than World of Warcraft? Like from a personal angle, where it's like, mm-hmm. well, this important thing about the game is is present in World of Warcraft and absent in Final Fantasy fourteen, or this important thing about the game is present in this one and absent in that one, and Correct, it's like, yeah. 
or you know maybe maybe just even more um granularly like this game does this thing i like better than this other one um but like at the end of the day it's just like i don't know to me it seems silly to try and like talk objectively about that kind of thing because like there's so much you know like especially with a with a, an mmo right where it's like something that you're explicitly playing for the most part most people play with other people to some degree like yeah a lot of my attachment to world of warcraft is like you know stories of like you know the the the, the time that i played with one of my exes and like the memories that i have of that or like mm -hmm. you know um that there was a, a guild that i was in and like you know um we did like you know mythic plus every day and then at the end of the week we did our mythic raids and it was like you know like the the idea right. that like i can approach final fantasy 14 specifically um like objectively when like you know there, there's just like a difference of like very subjective things between those games for me is like yeah i don't know yeah no exactly and like i think you know i think the i think one of the things to to say about this right is like you know no one would no one would ask the question of like was your experience with like oh like when you when you saw you know this band like I, i'm trying to think of like things i did that people would even ask about but like you could even <laughs> make it more ridiculous like um, you know, last night I stayed in and ate dinner alone. And then the night afterwards I had like, I went to the bar with a friend and we got some like French fries, uh, which was a, which was an objectively better experience. Like, well, there, <laughs> that, that's like, I can't tell you what, it, which one was objectively better. That's like a ridiculous thing to ask. And I, I think like the way you're thinking about video games is like, yeah, like that is how video games work too. Like it, it matters who you're playing with. It matters. Like these are, these are in a lot of ways, like many games, like I would, you know, not everyone, but in fact, like everyone could be, but many are like by their, by their very definition, social games. And so like when you bring in that element of like, okay, you had an experience and it connects to this moment in time with others, or in fact, like you had an experience and like it ties to this moment of time in your life. I, yeah, to, to sort of judge which is the best out of those things is is impossible. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of my uh, a number of the things that I've said in this, um, by the way, were influenced by. Um, I don't know if you saw the video, "The Future of Writing About Games" by Jacob Geller. No, I didn't. Uh, sounds like something I should watch. Yeah, I feel like since. I think that that influenced a lot of my thoughts or at least helped me kind of like congeal them better. Like, I think I, I, I had a lot of these feelings um, before then, but whenever I have something that kind of like helped me arrive at conclusions, I like to, you know, let people know so that they can also yeah. go experience no, it. It's, that's yeah. Is it, a, is it like, is it a YouTube video or is it like on? Uh, yeah, it's on, uh, it's on YouTube. Um, okay. It's like uh, about 30 minutes long, probably. That's like what most of his uh, video lengths are. That's not bad. Um, cool. Okay. Yeah, I'll check it out. Um, and if I can find it before I post a show or I remember, I will link it. Um, do not count on me to remember. I'm not, uh, not a very smart man. Um, <laughs> but I, I'll do my best. Um, but yeah, so like I, I'm curious um, because I think you've done a really good job of explaining sort of 
from I, I I get the feeling that you've done this before, like uh, done criticism of some kind before, uh, in that you took a negative response uh, to something and turned it into a positive claim, um, which is, uh, I mean, that's 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 the soul of criticism, in my opinion. Um, not everyone agrees with me, but um, but did you like? So what are the like what what are some of the other games that you didn't like, or or um, if you're if you're up to the point where you'd like to talk about it, what was the game that sort of like reaffirmed uh, your position there? Um, yeah, well, so in terms of games that I played recently, I already mentioned um, Scarlet Nexus, which was right. Um, I think if that game ended at the the credits, I would be able to legitimately call it one of my favorite games. Um, but then it has a post credit scene, which kind of like ruins a lot of the themes which i I guess is is maybe the most anime part of it um (laughs) (laughs) sure that makes sense um let's see what's some other stuff i've been playing recently um i already mentioned um uh neo twoey or maybe you mentioned it i remember thinking about i mentioned i mentioned old twoey i haven't played neo twoey yet but i'm 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 Okay. I don't know. I'm, I well now. I'm I'm going to listen to your position on it before I tell you if I'm excited or not to play. I loved I loved original Twowey. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Twowey is like a really interesting game for me because, and this is something you don't get to do a lot, um, but that I'm about to get to do a second time because Psychonauts Two just came out, and it's a oh, game yeah. that I played when I was younger, and. It was like kind of like a, stand, a single game that existed, and now it got finally got its sequel like 15 years later, and I didn't play, I haven't replayed the original. I just have my memories of it, and then I played the new one, and I got to compare my experience now with the new one versus my experience with the old one when I was like you know 16 or whatever, and. Mm-hmm. I really think that's the best possible way to play Neo Twoey because it's just like it, you know if you're someone who's old like like us and has played played the original when it came out. Um. Thankfully, I I actually I mean I, I'm not I'm not any I, I'm certainly of the age where I could be old like us and and played it when it came out. But I did not play the original when it came out. I could have and I should have, but um, for whatever reason, it missed me then. Um, uh-huh. And I played it because uh, a friend of the podcast and patron. Uh, um, Michael uh, Flesh Dog um, himself uh, asked me to, and uh, boy, it's just like I was blown away. It was like really a great experience. So on some level, I will I will get to sort of experience my very near memories of it. Um, mm, okay, but I feel like this is going to be me when I play um, if it ever comes out, and I don't think it will. But if it ever did, um, me when I play uh, Beyond Good and Evil too, like I can <laughs> I can imagine that happening, or if I ever played like a real sequel to jack grind radio or something like there there are games that just like resonate and like to to play the sequel to them must be it's very interesting like did you did you end up finding it a positive experience or was it yeah so i actually it's funny because i tweeted this and i guess i'll, I'll repeat it here um i started when neo Twoey first came out and i played um maybe like the first third or, or or half of it within like the first week i started trying to write like a topical article about it on like medium um uh-huh. and i wasn't happy with it at all but i i thought there was something there so i kept you know rewriting parts of it throwing stuff out adding new stuff you know changing the thesis a little bit and now i've arrived at like 
a point where I'm happy with it, but it's no longer topical because the game has now <laughs> been out for a full month. I've been there. Uh, yes, absolutely. So I have no idea. You know, I know you have guests on who are like writers who write like do the 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 um mainstream games journalism grind and they're writing about like games that just came out or games that are about to just come out i have no idea how you do it because i i cannot write something that i'm happy with without iterating for at least like a month or two it seems like but <laughs> i feel like i feel like part of being a, a games journalist on that grind is um completely hating your work a lot of times <laughs> being like i don't I don't like this particularly, um, but I will publish it anyway. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. I mean, I think, ability. I think. Yeah, no. I mean, look, me neither. I. That's. This is why I. Uh, whenever I would review games, like I played the entirety of Death Stranding before I wrote a review of it, um, <laughs> and the same with Half Life Alex. And it's like, it's like way more worked out reviews than they needed. <laughs> like I liked them. I was happy with them. But like, there's a reason I wasn't like scooped up uh, after EGM fell apart. Um, but yeah, like, I, you know, the, I think the world ends with you is also a game that's like just very hard to write about until you digest it too. Like I, I kept wanting to do podcasts on it and like write about it and stuff. And I just like, I kept coming up with new ways of thinking about it. Right. Like from a formal perspective, from a narrative perspective, mm -hmm. from a way that it affected me emotionally. Like it is. And like, from while I hear like Neo, Neo Twoe is very similar in that way. Um, it is like, I, on some level, good video games. And again, sort of going back to what you said about like, you know, feeling on some level, feeling these games like impact you subjectively being sort of like the reason why they matter in a way as a genre in, you know, that other genres don't always, um, you know, I think the, the sense of, um, just not being able to make sense of something until you wait on it is part and parcel with that. And so maybe like quick responses are one of the things that are most difficult or inimical to uh, the, the kind of like medium specificity of games. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned that I started writing that article. Um, sort of what it was about was like, uh, the world ends with you. Uh, obviously, like you said, it's like something that has like a lot of different, like kind of like layers to it that you could approach in different ways. Um, I think a lot of my memory of the original, like, it's a game that has, like, a plot and characters and emotional beats, but, like, a lot of what I took away from it um, was kind of, like, a very, like, you know, like, base thematic reading of, like, you know, like, things like um, you have to come out of your shell and, and make connections with other people, and and that wasn't something that I had as much of a problem doing in like high school when, when that came out as like probably a lot of other video game players um, at the time, but it mm. still resonated with me a lot. But also like that was still kind of like, it's, it's such a simple theme, but it, at the time when I was like, um, I think I was like 15, that was like still relatively like novel as like a thing for a piece of, you know, creative work to, to be telling me to do. And yeah. that's something that I don't really have anymore, right? Like, I, I, it's very rare for me to play something and think, wow, that was like a novel experience. Like, I think, I, I might think like, I really like how it handled this theme. I really like, you know, this element of it. 
you know, it's all stuff I've encountered before now to some degree, but like I can kind of like take it for what it is and then like see how well it does different things and stuff like that. Um, And that was kind of like my approach with Neo Toy, where I was like, well, it's doing a lot of the same themes. it it tried to emulate the, the DS combat in something that is not a DS, which was very difficult to do. And you know, yeah, wow. They all 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 power to it for that. That's uh that's impressive to to even give it a try. Yeah, so they, it still has like a combat system that's about like you know, um, controlling multiple people simultaneously and them working together in certain ways and blah blah blah. Um, and you know, I, I I like the combat. I like the story. The characters are are cool. You know, like, but like, at its core, I think it does sort of retreads the same theme, and it does it mm-hmm. about as well, probably, um, in my opinion. And um, for so, you know, I know that there are people out there who for whom this will be their first time. Like maybe they're fifteen right now, and the, and they're getting that for the first time. And I think that's really right. cool. Um, and at the same time, for someone like me who played the original at that age and now gets to experience this when I'm, I'm older and I, you know, I am more world weary and I, I know these things already, but like, you know, it, it takes me back to when I was 15. Like I can very, like very vividly picture, and I don't even have a good memory, me sitting in the car on my break at work playing the original Twiwi when I'm playing Neo Twiwi. It's like, you know, that's, that's like just really cool. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. No, definitely. Um, and, and you know, like, that's that's also something that is true about, um, I don't know, it's true about art and media in general in that, like, there are works of art that do not necessarily build upon themes in, like, radically new ways, right? Like, there, there are books and, and films and all sorts of stuff that, that aren't particularly, like, you know, path-breaking um, in, in a certain way, right? Um, but which also um, do kind of represent this, um, do kind of represent, like, a version of the the discourse that, like, is needed at, at, at that point, right? Like, it doesn't always have to be brand new ground. It can be, like, a... a I'm not saying this well. It can be it can be a return, basically. Like you can go back. You can sort of see it again, right? Like mm-hmm. and, and and I think that is like that's actually pretty interesting to think about within video games and why that like maybe works when sequels don't try to do too much. Yeah, I haven't actually played Psychonauts 2, but I'm imagining it's sort of like the same thing, right? Like where the original um came out a long time ago and it was like a pretty um it was a mess of a game, but it was a pretty cohesive story about, like... And I'm sure it didn't age well, but it was a pretty cohesive story, story at the time about, like, you know, needing to um, sort through and, like, try and, like, understand and move past, like, your traumas or your your idiosyncrasies and, like, you know, like, understand what makes you the person that you are, but also be able to, like, be healthy despite those weird elements about you. Yeah. Um and I mentioned Psychonauts too, it's like more of the same, maybe um brought into like more of a you know, twenty 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 mindset of like, you know, like we're a little more aware of like certain types of issues. But um I'm sure once I play that it'll have kind of like the same effect where it's like, you know, simultaneously I think this is cool for what it is and also it reminds me of the thing that I played twenty years ago, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, you know, like, and there's, 
there's something to that in like thinking about art that isn't isn't necessarily nostalgic for nostalgia's sake, right? Like it's not it's not a matter necessarily of like coming back to that because like it makes you feel like you're a kid again. It's a matter of coming back to it as like a way of just like revisiting a theme uh, or like sort of imagining a different way of understanding, uh, you know, something that was resonant to you just later on in your life. And like, mm-hmm. I, I think that that kind of like, uh, I don't know, like you could get really pretentious with it and say like, you know, it's 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 Proustian or like whatever. But <laughs> I, I think there's also just like a very simple way of saying like it's it's nice to sort of like check in with yourself that way and be like, yeah, like what? what does this sort of story do to me? Because when I play the old game, like if I revisit the game that like made me feel that way, I'm going to feel nostalgic. I'm going to feel like maybe a little sad or it'll have like sort of like emotions that are specific to that game. When I play the game that has the same theme um, and is a, a sort of like a, a, it's, it's doing it again. It's not a remake, but it's, it's sort of like revisiting that theme. I don't necessarily have to worry about those, <laughs> that baggage. I can kind of experience this anew again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much more or less what I was saying. Um, put very, very succinctly. Good job, Trev. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that's why I do the show. I like being told I did a good job. Uh, no, I, I, I think, no, I think like in, in all seriousness, you're absolutely right. And I think like there's something to be said there. The reason I kind of wanted to talk through it like that was, you know, there's something to be said about the way that, you know, that um, mindset is opposed to, and opposed is a little strong, but like uh, take that, take that in the lightest manner possible, opposed to a kind of like nostalgia um, cinema and art that we're, we're exposed to constantly now where, you know, the like take like the new Ghostbusters movie where like Millie Bobby Brown is just like staring at, um, you know, a, a, a proton pack while like a sad version of Ghostbusters plays like this. That's not the same thing that literally is like we want you to feel as bad as you did or as good as you did or as conflicted as you. Did. We want you to feel like 16 again when you watch this. And I think like the argument you're making about Neo Twewi and like what you expect out of Psychonauts 2 is a different thing where it's like, no, we don't like necessarily want you to feel the same way you did when you're 16. We want other 16 year olds to sort of encounter this. And then also for the people who loved the game to encounter it again in not in a nostalgic way, in like a way that will not make them remember themselves, but remember something else. Yeah. Um, it's funny because like Ghostbusters specifically that, that new trailer that just came out, it feels like it's like trying to deify the original Ghostbusters in a way that like the original Ghostbusters was just like, you know, it's a comedy movie. Yeah, it was like a silly fun time thing. It wasn't like, you know, it didn't take itself as seriously as the new Ghostbusters wants to take it. Yeah. And like, I, I remember seeing people say that and then people being like, uh, you thought the original Ghostbusters was a comedy. It was like a sci-fi epic. And it's like, it really wasn't like, it's like, it's, it's as much a sci-fi epic as like Caddyshack, but it just happened <laughs> to be about ghosts. Like it's, it's goofy. Like it's a, it's a goofy eighties comedy in a lot of ways. Um, it, it certainly isn't like a, you know, like what is, what is Peter Venkman's legacy? Um, <laughs> Like it's it's just it's kind of odd, um, and like I feel like I feel like movies have to do that now because there is a sort of expectation within the audience that they will, um, particularly after like fan service just kind of became the de facto way to make like a ton of money. 
Um, but like video games have always had that problem, I guess. Like video games have always been like at the whim of of fans who are like, well, why can't like if I'm playing Street Fighter or Third Strike, I want Cammy to be in this too. <laughs> like you know, getting figuring out how to do how to like balance that without becoming like uh, you know kind of like a like a uh, just a um, a Skinner box of like, okay, we'll do exactly what you said. Like, look, it's it's the costume you wanted. At least not in every game. I mean, games have just gotten better at that, I guess. Yeah, um, it's funny too because like, I was thinking recently about like the the fact that we're probably going to be outlived by Mario as a series, and it's like, I think about like, it's a very funny, it's <laughs> very funny thought, and and a very true thought, in fact. Uh, yeah, I think about like, um, and this is something that happens somewhat in like you know like comics have it, the, like the same comics have been going on forever, and now they're coming out as comic book movies too. Um, like it happens right. in other mediums, but like it feels like it's almost like built into the DNA of games because it's been something that's been true as long as games have been around. And that's like when I think about my favorite novels, whether they're like a single book or like a trilogy. If you said, "Hey, do you want like?" a new sequel to House of Leaves. I know how much you like House of Leaves or like, you know, whatever other book. I'd be like, well, no, because like the thing I like is like there. It's it's complete. It doesn't need, you know, more. And then I think about like how that's different with games. And then it's like, well, it kind of makes sense in a way because like when I play a Metroid, it's like I might care about like the story of like Samus's ongoing adventures, but to some degree, what I want when I say like I want a new Metroid is like the mechanical experience of like here's a planet and here's you with no powers, and then you slowly go around and get more powers, and then at the end right. you fight you know whatever big alien is like the final boss in this one. And that's I mean that's the same reason that like you could you could you could say that you know this is why this is why like I watch a lot of and I've, I've, I've said that I've, I, I, every time I admit this, I worry someone is going to like get very upset at me. And I, I don't know why, cause everyone watches like a million police procedurals anymore, <laughs> but like, it's why I watch like a ton of police procedurals and like, it's not because I'm surprised by them. Um, it's not because like, I particularly like am, you know, hanging on the edge of my seat for them. It's that like, I know what's going to happen. I sort of have an expectation and, um, within that expectation, I'm like, I'm, I'm really enjoying the the process of getting there because I sort of I, I don't know like I kind of know kind of know how it goes um, and, and and the same thing with like a, a Metroid game is like yeah I I sort of know what what to expect like if it was you know it's it's very interesting when you get like a Metroid Prime right like where it does something new and now you're you're sort of you have the genre turned on its head but there's a reason people get upset which is because sometimes they just want the comfortable thing <laughs> yeah and that's like. I'm someone who, like, among the people who know who I am, kind of, like, infamously know me as, like, hating Mario. Um, mm -hmm. I just, I mean, obviously, like, if you like Mario, if you have a good time with it, that's fine. But, like... The infamous Mario hater. Yeah, it's like, I just can't understand. Like, I know Mario is, like, very well polished, and it's very well loved, and it's very, you know... Um, it's kind of, like one of like the most important game series of all time and it's just like every time i play one i'm just like i could be playing anything else right now 
<laughs> I mean, look, like that. I I feel like that kind of honesty about the stuff is is important. I feel like a lot of people aren't willing to do that. Are are sort of like there's a. I, I feel like the the revisiting of games is a way of coming back and saying like, yeah, no, I guess I guess I was wrong about that. Like, I guess like it turns out this uh, this gem I didn't enjoy at the time is actually very good. Um, you know, like the the times I hear people say they like Quest sixty four, right? Like, and I'm I'm just like ah, I I can't. I'm not going back and playing that game. I hate that game, and I'm going to hate it if I play it again. It's not like it's okay to not like something. Um, but I feel like that that again that sort of goes against what you like the the the, the purpose of of games or like the, the the more interesting way they can they can operate. In that, like, it is the, this is the, that's, like, the superhero movie vacation of, 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 well, not just that, but, like, it is the way superhero movies work in that, like, people will say, like, well, you can't just hate everyone. Like, you can't, you can't hate this genre. You can't hate every Mario. Like, there's different Marios. And you would say, yes, I can hate every Mario. I just, like, I don't care for Mario. It's, like, not my thing. Um, and I think it's okay for it not to be your thing because if it's not your thing, it's more specifically a thing for someone else, which means that it can actually mean more in, in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that just kind of like... I guess I should like explicitly say it. it. It probably, you know, you can connect the dots there, but that kind of like ties back into like everything I've been saying like this whole time where it's like the way that I used to look at games, I could never explain, like, I could never look at a Mario and and square that away with, like, the, the way that I used to think about video games. Or, like, mm-hmm. I could never understand why people feel the way about Mario that they do, because, like, you know, the story is kind of throwaway, and, like, the games are all, like, very similar. And, like, so once I, once I kind of, like, started thinking about games in all these different ways like you know then i can kind of like even if i don't personally have fun jumping around as mario i can kind of like understand all the different ways that people engage with mario and why that's important to them and why the the series is good anyway yeah Yeah. no that's a really good example i like it it reminds me a friend of mine tweeted like um tweeted like oh you know like mario odyssey is like super overrated like first off the story is completely throwaway. <laughs> I, I texted it to a friend of mine who likes Mario, a, a mutual friend who likes Mario, and I was like, I've never heard anyone like say like this Mario story is excellent. Like I don't, I don't think anyone plays it for that. And that's exactly like that's exactly the point. Like, yeah, like if you if the only thing you care about is narrative, then Mario is going to seem completely alien. Or actually, if the only thing you could imagine anyone caring about video games is narrative, then Mario is going to seem completely, uh, you know it's going to seem completely strange and, and like, you know, why, why, why does anyone care about this? Um, whereas, you know, if you can sort of step out of yourself for a moment and be like, Oh yeah, I guess like, I guess maybe people play this for like jumping around in the mechanics and that it's polished and et cetera, et cetera, for all, you know, whatever reason people play Mario like that, that I think that I think is an important way to approach, approach games from like a, a critical perspective. Cause like otherwise, you're just litigating what you personally like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I think that the impulse that I had and the impulse that I'm sure a lot of people have had at points and maybe even still have to, like, think of games, like, as the important thing about games being narratives is that, like, 
maybe it's in reaction to the fear that like games would be considered like like video games as a medium would be considered more like toys than art um which is right. something that i grew up with certainly like in the 90s and and the early aughts like most adults i knew thought of them that way and sure i think that's changed a lot but like i think that was kind of like it was kind of like a reactionary thing to like well i don't want you to think of these as toys so clearly they have to have an artistic merit and the way i understand artistic merit is through books and movies which is narrative so therefore games are important because of narrative and it's like that can be true like certain obviously there are a lot of games that have like very good narratives but like i think it's important to like realize the things that you know like make games different and why that still has artistic merit on its own and and things like that yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think that I think that's an important way of thinking about it because I mean, you start getting into the ways in which games then have things in common with other artistic movements. Like you can say that about like conceptual poetry or whatever. Like if I start if I judge this conceptual poetry the same way I would judge like a lyric poem, um, it's going to be completely garbage. Like it, it makes no sense. But if I start taking it on its own terms, I mean, I'm no great fan of conceptual poetry, but like. If you take it on its own terms, you at least have to take it on its own terms. And mm -hmm. the same thing with video games, right? Like, it, it doesn't make so much sense to say, like, this game is like a novel um, or even this game is like a movie because they're they're doing different things. And, and once you kind of accept that, it, like, it just becomes a richer discourse. In the, in the realm of poetry, here's, like, a, I think a very apt example is um, a poem written through a game of um, Exquisite Corpse. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Expand on that, because I, I, I think I know what you're saying, but like, I, I, I kind of want to hear you, you say it. Yeah, so like when, uh, if a group of people sit down and play a game of, of Exquisite Corpse, they're doing that partly as like a leisurely activity, like just something to pass the time or have fun with. And that's sort of like similar to the idea of like playing games as just, you know, pure entertainment with, um, without regard for their artistic value. But the thing that results from it is still something that has artistic value. Right. Yeah, and, and that, that that's really interesting because it helps explain sort of like what is so entertaining about like spectating at um, like a fighting game tournament or something, right? Like mm -hmm. it, you know, it totally makes sense to me that, you know, watching sports is entertaining and like it's easy for me to explain that to people because sports is is like a popular kind of thing and like you know it's it's not it's not like it's not hard to explain to people why like a baseball game is i mean i've i've had a hard time explaining to some people why a baseball game is fun but like it, it, in you know regular company or whatever it's typically easier right to explain why like someone will watch a baseball game as opposed to why someone would go to a fighting game tournament and like i think part of the reason is because baseball games are about watching something that you think you could probably be doing um just like not at a, not at the level that uh, they necessarily are, you can recognize the game they're playing. But like once it gets like good enough, right? Like once you start seeing um, fighting games at, the, at like at their peak, it, it's tough to even recognize the game they're playing sometimes. And you you just kind of have to sit back and watch what's going on and, and be like, this is this is cool. I like what I'm seeing. I like I like the way that this this looks like a dance and kind of like works like a fight and has like spectation like it, it makes me feel like a spectator but also like a viewer. Um yeah, I think like I think you're right. Like it is it is a matter of just because it's something that is like 
maybe a a vulgar experience in a in a certain sense to certain people um that doesn't mean that it's like it actually is <laughs> it actually can also be artistic mm -hmm. and like sports themselves tie back into like the whole like emergent narrative thing and maybe the even more extreme example of that being like you know wrestling where it's like i watch mm. wrestling because i want to see like the narratives that emerge from uh you know the matches and then the the banter in between the matches and then like of course you know things like that and it's like at the end of the day like sports are you know are games but games can similar to the way video games can like they can have like narratives that emerge from them and then those those themselves become like something important to us right yeah, and I, you know, I think it's not, um, you know, it's it's a there's a kind of um, there's a kind of like banal way to say this, and and I hate saying it this way because it like it makes it sound like I'm making a joke, uh, but I'm not. Like I I don't necessarily think this is the best way to say it, but it sort of kind of fits into what we were just saying, and that like part of what constitutes art in a sense is on some level, the act of making someone feel something like on, on, on some level, it has to break down into like getting some reaction, not necessarily from an audience member. Um, I don't think that's always the case, but like maybe from the artists themselves or maybe from like scholars or like it, there's all sorts of ways that can happen. But I think also like the the idea of getting a reaction or the idea of expecting a reaction or provoking a reaction or like producing a feeling like that's at core of like all of these things we're talking about. And like, I, I think, you know, forgetting that and then codifying like, well, what kinds of, of reactions make it art or not is, I don't know, maybe not the most uh, farsighted way to think about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have anything. I, I was going to say that. That's, to to that. <laughs> that's great. I, I feel like I feel like I sort of talked you into a corner there. Um, tell me uh, before I, before I let you go. Tell me um, what are some of the games you're playing recently, other than other than Neo Twoey, that speak to you in like sort of an interesting way. Uh, understanding that based on your very own definition of of gaming uh, or like why games, right? Like they may not speak to others in this way, but would be sort of like an intro, like worth, worth someone's time to at least see. Yeah, sure. Um, well, that's actually a hard question because a lot of what I've been playing recently has been discussed already over the course of this. Oh no. <laughs> well, any, okay. Then any, any sort of like historical, uh, games that, that, like things that you have played in the past that have that have struck you this way, like eh, it doesn't have to be like super recent. If if that's like, um, you know, kind of an irritating thing, uh, not irritating. That's the wrong word. Uh, if that's sort of a difficult thing because we've already talked about them. Um, let's see. What are some? You know, a game. Hmm. Trying not to recommend anything too mainstream because, like, an example of a game that I had like a very like sort of individual experience with um, would be like Tacoma, 
because okay. it reminded me of a long, long time ago when in the pre, pre-pre-COVID days, I went and saw Sleep No More. Mm. And Tacoma reminds me of that. But that's like, okay. you know, like a very personal experience. Um, but that's also a game probably that if you are listening to a podcast like No Cartridge, you've almost certainly played, I feel like. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, but it's getting to the point where it's put out long enough ago that people might have just put it on their Steam list and then not played it. Um, so not a not a bad recommendation at all, I don't think. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people gave that a bit of a wide berth because uh, of their feelings about Gone Home, uh, which is sort of unfair because they're very different games. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's the one that I'll, that I'll stay on then because it also ties into, like, um, when I was talking earlier about, like, games that use your relationship to the space in interesting ways, like Tacoma certainly does that. Um, mm. So, plus, you know, it's just a good anti-capitalist um message which ties into the fact that this podcast is apparently well what was that funny thing that ha- that that was quoted like a, in in a newspaper or something a while ago <laughs> about me yeah i i mean I, I don't know if newspaper is the right word um there was like an article or something um that was like uh, that that called you like a, a a marxist critic or something like in reference oh, to your yeah, podcast oh yeah 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 I don't know why I used that. I mean, look, it's, I'm tired. <laughs> no, it's fine. It was. I want. I like to imagine someone put it in the post, and they they were like they were they were calling me some sort of slur like this <laughs> like uh, loony lefty Marxist critic. Like, I, I, that'd be kind of fun. Um, no, yeah, I mean, it is. It we, we do we do Marxist analysis on here sometimes. I think I I think I kind of stopped doing it every episode because I felt like it was limiting conversation. Like, like honestly, had I brought in Marxist analysis here, like explicitly, I think we wouldn't have had as good a conversation, but I think like also the meat of your point about art that it, that derives from like personal reactions to it, you know, necessitates a sort of anti-capitalist praxis and that like, well, then, you know, we can't justify art based on what it earns because then, it is not a personal reaction. It is a profit reaction. And that's not, that's not the same thing. And that's not okay. Um, but I'd rather people get to that organically, I think. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think, I think Tacoma is wonderful. And I think, yeah, I think, uh, I, I can, I can let you go. I know it, it suddenly got late. I, I, this, this happens sometimes when I'm having a good time on a podcast, I end up keeping people, uh, for a bit. I'm sorry about that. But, um, Anything, anything you would like to uh, plug or recommend or have people see uh, before before I let you go? Um, I guess real quick, um, just in terms of games that I don't really know how to tie into the conversation, but I want to make sure. Yeah. Um, plenty of people have played. Um, one of my favorite recent games was uh, Ender Lilies. Hmm. I don't know that game. Yeah, it's um, it's an indie like. I don't know any. This is something we could probably have a whole conversation about at some point because I abhor the, the all of the terminology. Like, yeah, all of the terminology <laughs> we use to talk about like <laughs> genres in games. 
Um, yeah, it, it sucks. So imagine it's, I'm it's pretty bad. <laughs> putting air quotes around all of these words and like kind of rolling my eyes while I say it. It's a Souls-like Metroidvania. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, um, and it has like kind of like a a two D painted like art style, um, and there's some like interesting stuff going on like mechanically. It's just like a really good, really solid indie game. Um, I feel like those like Metroidvanias particularly can end up having these gems that get overlooked because there are so many of them, and people will be like, "Yeah, I just I didn't have time for that one." Um, so I'm glad to have the recommendation, so I can so I can remediate that um, because that sounds completely up my alley, especially if it uh, especially if it's good, um, you know, even if it's bad, but especially if it's good. Yeah, um, and then for me personally, um, I think I mentioned last time I was on here that I was trying to start a YouTube channel and that actually has not happened yet because I'm still waiting on um, a VTube model for my uh, video essays, which I shall be receiving shortly. So um, watch this space, I guess. But in the meantime, if you want to follow me on Twitter at Scarlet Miracle, um, and I'm sure how to spell that will be in the in the video or in the podcast yes. title. So <laughs> absolutely. Um, and otherwise, um, yeah, that's about all I have to plug right now. So, <laughs> all right, great. Well, we will keep keep uh, eyes open for that. I cannot wait to see your uh, your VTuber model. That is that is very cool. I didn't know you were getting one. That that is like that's pretty tight. I'm I'm I have no reason to have one. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I am a little jealous. I started. Um, I do want to use it for streaming eventually too, but I started like editing together a video. Um, my first video is about um, the game Control by Remedy, and um, oh great! I started editing together a video, and I felt like it just editing together. Like he, there are uh, video essayists who do this successfully, but for some reason I just couldn't make the video feel good editing together like 30, 40 minutes of just raw footage. Um, Mm. So I was like, well, what can I do with this? I don't really want to like use a real camera, but maybe if I got a VTube model and, and I get I have like a, a 3D one that I can do like hand gestures with and stuff, then I could fill kind of like the space in between the footage with just that. And it might feel a little more like a traditional like YouTube video. Interesting. Yeah, I like <laughs> that a lot. That's like it's a nice way of it's a nice way of breaking up also like the the sort of like standard look of uh, of youtube essays um that i think like you know it borrows a lot at this point from uh from like h bomber guy or or even like fantano or whatever like it's, there there's a sort of like not quite looking directly at the camera um sort of speaking extemporaneously i i feel like a vtuber model is like more fun than that in in a certain like real important way yeah. So yeah, that's sweet. Yeah. So um, hopefully, if I'm on this podcast again in the future, by that point, I will actually have a YouTube channel with videos on it that I can plug. But well, hopefully, that's then. the reason why. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Scar, please come back soon. Um, and you know, YouTube channel or not, and uh, and thank you so much. This has been this has been a pleasure. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll talk to you later. Have a good one, everyone. All right. Talk to you later. Hey, thanks for listening to No Cartridge. If you'd like to support us further, please consider going to patreon.com slash no cartridge or for a one-time donation, paypal.me slash hegelbon, H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. 
It's really, really helpful for all of us to be able to support uh, the many people who make the show, uh, you know, myself included, but also our producers and various co-hosts um, and, and writers and artists. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, share, any of those things that would let other people get the quality video game analysis that you've grown accustomed to.